What happens when you make great pieces of art by well-known artists showcased in places which make a huge impact on the lives of those engaging in these spaces, but barely anyone knows? That's the quandary the project called Hospital Rooms found themselves in. But this isn't an episode just about turning artwork into short film series. It's also about how arts and culture companies are surviving during testing times. The COVID-19 pandemic has made us gone almost entirely digital. We're now reaching more patients in one session than we were in a year. We'll find out how and why with Neve in a moment. Welcome to the Space Arts Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Freeman, a freelance associate with The Space. I've been working as a mentor on some of their funding projects and culture and quarantine commissions for the last couple of years. And that's given me a wide insight into seeing how the agency really inspires and encourages artists, museums, theatre companies and other cultural types to understand what it really takes to make a piece of digital work sparkle. Have a look at some of the great resources, by the way, on the website, thespace.org. And we hope by listening to this series, you'll be motivated to start your own digital exploration with or without the help of the space. The topic of today's episode continues around our theme of audiences, reaching them on the ground, reaching them online, and ultimately reaching more of them. The first forage into films and digital workshops was something new to Neve White and Hospital Rooms. What her and her team did in 2020 is fantastic. It's inspiring. They're working with NHS trusts and mental health units anyway, and that's incredibly difficult and complex, let alone during a global pandemic. And we should also add something not covered in this interview, that amidst the launch of this film series, Neve also had her first child as the coronavirus lockdown happened. So before the year was out, myself and Fiona Morris, chief executive of the space, were grateful to have a few moments of Neve's time to capture their progress on tape. But first, it seems appropriate to give you a taster of some of the people Hospital Rooms works with and the impact their work has through a clip from their film series. So put your feet up, pop your headphones on, grab a pen and paper to jot down moments of inspiration Here's the clip, and then Neve begins our conversation by explaining what inspired the ethos behind hospital rooms in the first place. My name is Steve McLeod. I'm an artist who contributes to hospital rooms projects. I have a bipolar uh, condition. Um, I was diagnosed in 2000, and I've been sectioned and gone through the sort of system myself. <laughs> My name is Mark Hitchner. I'm an artist based in London. During the workshop process, I was talking to a service user who was telling me about how she collected kind of uh, positive affirmations. So that idea of a kind of affirmative voice entered into the work at that, that point. But also I wanted it to be kind of, you know, like not like some bossy life coach, but, you know, like it's like a friend who's got your back. You know, we always go on about how, you know, art and, you know, is good for our lives and creativity is good for the soul. But this is taking it right down to something 
That really is a re should be a requirement for every NHS trust. To have somebody come along and invite you to take part in a workshop and listen to you and talk to you as an equal, that really validates you as a human being. Basically, Hospital Rooms was co-founded by myself and my partner, Tim Shaw. He's an artist and I'm a curator. Um, we'd worked in the arts for a really long time in galleries and museums. He had a studio practice um, prior to starting the charity. And basically, one of our friends was sectioned after a suicide attempt. It was the first occasion that we had to actually visit a mental health unit. And we were really shocked, to be honest with you. You know, the space where our friend was incredibly vulnerable, um, very unwell, feeling, you know, at her lowest ebb. And when she opened her eyes, what was communicated to her was not, there's hope for the future, there is vibrancy, there is creativity, there is culture but actually something incredibly sterile and, and stark and unfortunately also run down. It was the last place we wanted our friend to be at that very moment, you know, when, when all we wanted for her was hope. Um, and it was there that the idea came about. So we wanted to bring our community, the artist community that we worked with into these spaces and to really challenge what they look like and how they can feel. Um, and, you know, try and instill people with some dignity and to feel some value. And, and the arts can do that, you know, they can do that in a really fundamental, humane way. And really importantly, we wanted the, the people using those services and receiving care and giving care to also have a really strong voice in creating those artworks. Um, so that's what Hospital Rooms kind of uh, came from. And now that's exactly what we do. We bring world-class artists from Julian Opie to Sonia Boyce to various others into these spaces that are so often invisible. So often, you know, down the end of the corridor, the end of the road, and we work with the community there and we make extraordinary artworks that are safe and compliant to those clinical spaces with the idea that we, we want to give people that hope. A lot of the time, our audiences are incredibly small. You know, these units provide care to maybe 12 to 18 patients at a time. They have very severe diagnoses. They have very high levels of dependency and care. But that shouldn't compromise any of the quality of the work. We, we spend a lot of time on the units. Projects often take a year to complete, um, but within those very small groups. And that's why this opportunity with the space was so exciting, because suddenly we had the opportunity to tell the stories of what we've been doing to a much larger audience. So this is kind of a unique perspective, Fiona, on what audiences really are, how big they should be and what impact they should have. Yeah, and I think what was what's amazing about uh, Neve and Tim's work, the hospital room's work, is is it is about you know because you hear it when the in the films when when the the people who are you know kind of using those are in within those environments um, when they talk about it and they talk about being seen and noticed and included and you know so so 
by its nature, the work they're doing is about intimacy and it is about safe spaces and it is about hope and, and things that you, that you don't want to massively over amplify that. That experience should be cherished at the scale that it's delivered. What is really important and what has happened with the films, and I'm so pleased, is the mission and the core of what Hospital Rooms exists to do is now being talked about by more people. And that has the impact and the effect, I hope, of bringing many more artists into the ambit of the organisation who want to contribute and, and to be part of the part of this work. It increases the number of funders and other people who are aware of the value of the work that, that's being done here. Um, and, and I think it probably also just makes all of us a little bit more, you know, as, as Neve said, when, you know, you don't always want to have to wait until a friend is in crisis in this situation to realize that something that is not as it should be, you could be doing something to improve it. So, so what's great is hopefully, Lots of other people are also applying this and thinking, okay, so hang on a second. This is what they're doing in this environment with their art form. What might I be able to do? And how can I maybe fundraise or incre you know, kind of increase the reach of something by talking about the work I'm doing in an online context? So I think you wouldn't want to overexpose the actual projects, albeit that the works of art are beautiful and it's, and it's a privilege to get a little sight of them in the films. But actually the important message in the online iteration of this is to describe the nature and the outcome of the work. Mm. I mean, how do you make it happen, Neve? Like you had this idea, we want to get it out there, we want to do the films. How, how did you make that kind of become reality? Well, I mean... It Day to day, we are so blessed and so lucky because, you know, we're surrounded by these incredibly creative people, you know, these fantastic artists who astound us every day with the proposals that they come back with, the interpretations they give of the experience they hear from patients and, um, you know, how they overcome the regulations in the clinical setting. We meet patients who have incredible life experiences, who have... Um, knowledge of lots of different things whether it's academic whether it's travel whether it's um hobbies anything um who contribute fully and in a really meaningful way to the projects and we also find these kind of you know nhs heroes these bright sparks that actually open the door and allow us to come in um and so in a, in one way it's easy because the stories are so fantastic and um and, and just being there and just listening to them is wonderful. But I think that that was what was frustrating in one way because we were the only ones hearing them. On our website and a lot of the time on social media, what you would see of hospital rooms is a beautiful professionally shot photograph of an artwork within a hospital. But of course, no people because that's not allowed. And very few voices, even though they had really, really informed the artworks you know, we can't film on the units or anything like that. So actually there was that big chasm where the whole story of hospital rooms was really not being communicated. So it was really about thinking, how can we do that? How can we kind of give this well-rounded picture of all these amazing people and the ideas they have and, you know, how they've contributed. And it was really kind of working closely with the hospital teams to be able to try and draw those things out. 
I mean, we used a lot of different kinds of assets to be able to do it. So we had just still photographs that you could pan over. We had some 3D animations of the artwork. So it felt like you were kind of walking through. Um, and then we, we put a lot of effort into getting those different voices in. So the artists came to our studio and did those interviews with us. We got permission to go into a forensic unit and we interviewed, I think about, 15 or 16 different patients um, anonymously. And that was a real coup because those people are never heard. You know, we never hear from them. And then we also have really great relationships with patients who actually get discharged and have, you know, gone through the process with us, but then are at home. So we, we interviewed some people at home as well. So it was really about picking out all those people and really trying to highlight all these things that they, they had contributed. Yeah, I suppose it offers people a different way to interact with the art because you know, even if you walk through an art gallery, there is the little kind of square in the corner, isn't there? The, the tiny black and right, white writing that you kind of need a magnifying glass to read. But nevertheless, it's there. And, and we're hearing more from galleries and museums that want to offer a bit more context behind the exhibitions that they have. In terms of like rights, because this can sometimes be something that I think a lot of people fear. You know, I, I remember when I was working as a journalist, even walking past an art, a piece of art in the background of an interview for the news was actually like copyright infringement. I was like, what? I remember being a junior reporter, like, oh, I can't use any of those shots because it's got, I can't even remember what the painting was in the background. I was like, damn, can't do it. But it, it can sometimes be quite fearful about understanding how to clear these rights, how to talk with the artist, laser the artist deal with contracts, how to um, work with freelancers like for the for the video work. How, how did you go about that? Was it something that was difficult or, or what did you learn? And I'm guessing the space hopefully supported you on this too. Yeah, absolutely. So the space kind of held our hand from the application process all the way through until, you know, evaluating and see what we'd actually managed to achieve. We also brought in some external expertise through our own network. So we had Marie Schuller, who's a fantastic director, helping us with filming. We had John Emony, who's an amazing digital art director, doing the animations for us. So we did draw on external help. When it came to the rights um, with the artworks, we are always in conversation with our artists about those kinds of things anyway. Um, and because we work so closely with them, each work is commissioned specifically for that site. It's unique, you know, it doesn't pop up anywhere else. Um, and actually they've really valued the opportunity to extend that audience as well. You know, they're really proud of that work. We hear all the time that, you know, it's one of the best projects they've ever done or the most challenging. So the opportunity to actually have it out in the world, as well as in that very special place, is is a great one for us. That's great. I mean, what kind of impact has this um, film series had and, and how have you measured the success? So it's I mean, we were we were a little bit modest in our targets for the films because we really had never done it before. We didn't know what we could expect. 
Um, we hoped to reach 25,000 people and we actually ended up getting something like 100,000 views in the first week. So, you know, we really were thrilled with that. I mean, the impact is twofold, isn't it? One is obviously people just know more about us. People are getting, we know that because people are getting in touch. More units across the country want to work with us. More artists want to be commissioned. But at the same time, I think it's also that feeling that people have a better understanding of our ethos and what's behind the projects and all the special people and all the kind of different disciplines and different types of knowledge and different viewpoints that have gone into those commissions. So it's been really fantastic to be able to share that because we're small, you know, we we started as two people four years ago. We're now a team of six. We don't do that many projects a year and we have huge aspirations. We want to grow and we want to do as much as we can. So for us, it, it was a really fundamental project and one that's a kind of stepping stone that we can jump off and go forward into the future with. I mean, it's amazing. It, it, I, I'm bold over those. Those figures are four times what you expected just in the first week. Yes, I love it. I mean, Fiona, when as someone who kind of commissions and gives, you know, the final green light to some of these projects, when you look at a project like Hospital Rooms, what are you looking for, like in, in kind of measuring the success to say, oh, yep, yeah, that, one, that one did what we wanted it to? Uh, I think... It- in looking ahead of time, I think what we're trying to do, because we don't have massive commissioning funds, you know, we have we have a, a commissioning strand and, and there is a limit um, to how many projects we can support in, in any one year. So what's really important for us is that each individual project speaks to an issue or a subject that we know that other artists and other organizations, if they see it as an example, will, will go, ah, okay, great. So in fact, that's what they did. So, you know, as Eve said, you know, they're a tiny team. That's true of many arts organizations, you know, and, and, and a smaller arts organization can be very put off digital because it feels like you've wandered out into to a whole other set of skill sets and rights, as you mentioned, you know. So it is so useful when you see a peer group organization you respect doing something and having some success. It's an incredible way of giving confidence and encouragement to others in different, slightly different contexts to try it. So I think that at its purest. But then I think with this particular project, it was that thing about here is a, is a project that is already delivering in a perfect way to the environment that it's, that it wants, that it's focused on and to the recipients and the collaborators in all of that. What's really, really important is to amplify what the ethos is. So it's so lovely, Neve, that you actually said about amplifying ethos, because for me, that's what online gives you the ability to do, to speak much more loudly to many more people about who you are, what you stand for. And then that brings you, because this isn't a passive relationship online, this is a reactive, you you want those people who come to you online to be able to do something as a result of seeing what you're about and whether that's to approach you to kind of join and make a piece of art, whether that's to approach you to ask you to come and look at the environment that certain people, that, that they have, or it's just generally out there, you know, issues around mental health and awareness of the issues around that. You know, it's great. This now means that Hospital Rooms as a project speaks on behalf of 
you know, as well as about itself, but it speaks on behalf of that community who otherwise perhaps, as you say, are kind of down the end of the lane in the slightly dilapidated 1950s building, um, conveniently out of sight to the rest of us. And obviously that would, that's not how it should be. So this, so I think it's great. It allows, you know, and also because cultural, you know, artists have a right to have an opinion. I mean, we're right now in a world in which with uh, with Black Lives Matter movement, with decolonizing collections discussions, um, with hashtag Me Too movements, it's never been more important that artists speak to the current to the current issues of the time and show how art can be part of you know a way of creating um you know a, a world in which we do listen and not shout uh where we do see the benefits of shared experiences and creating artwork you know i think we need to value it much more greatly and that if we have if we can support projects like this one then i think we do that online I mean, Neve, what, where do you take this next? What else is open to you? Now you've kind of got this under your belt. I mean, we're, we've been talking uh, on this podcast series about AI, uh, n- you know, next generation storytelling. There's photo essays, there's podcasts. Um, like, are you, is it another film series? Has this kind of sparked a bit of curiosity into we need to tell more people more stuff about this stuff because more people need to know? Well, yes, absolutely. We are doing more films, but fundamentally the COVID-19 pandemic has basically made us pivot our kind of, you know, service completely. And since April, we have actually gone almost entirely digital you know so from this kind of jumping off point we've really plunged in so with lockdown patients within the wards you know have really suffered uh leave has been limited um external visitors have been stopped stays are longer you know and with staff shortages opportunities for creative and intellectual activity are really really limited In addition to that, our projects that had all been scheduled were also stopped. We weren't allowed to come in. We were kind of in a bit of a bad place six months ago. Um, But what we did was speak to some of the trusts, leadership teams and things like that. And what we realized was for the first time, hospitals were buying up iPads and tablets at scale to be able to facilitate family visits and therapy. So we said to them, why can't we deliver our art workshops through the same means? And if you imagine prior to this, lots of security regulations meant there was no devices within the units and often no internet either. So this was a big change and a big challenge. But obviously, you know, with adversity, sometimes people change their minds very quickly and opportunities arise. So in May, we actually launched a digital art school. We commissioned the country's best arts educators from Richard Wentworth to Eileen Cooper to Harold Offer to many, many others who live streamed their sessions from their studios directly into the mental health units, but also we made it available to the public so that we had a parity of esteem that these were not dumbed down, they were not simplified or anything. We we treated everyone with exactly the same respect and acknowledged that 
lots of people were struggling, you know. So every Thursday at two o'clock, we have been streaming these arts workshops to support patients, to help staff be able to deliver them more easily and have that quality of interaction as well. So we, we've been almost entirely digital for six months, which is kind of <laughs> incredible. Brilliant. <laughs> well um, so, um, and, you know, it, it's like Fiona was saying, it's that reach. We, we're now reaching more patients in one session than we were in a year before. So this will become part of our core service. It, it won't be something we drop when lockdown finishes. This will, you know, we're now recruiting for a digital content producer. So this is really part of Hospital Rooms now. You know, this, not necessarily small, but this little venture we tried with the space has kind of ballooned. And, and as well as that, we're attracting different funding. So we've attracted fantastic partnership with Sea Salt Cornwall, who sponsored six sessions um, from Cornish artists to go out. We've had contracts with the NHS Trust to have very specific digital art schools for their particular patients. Um, and we've also attracted trust and foundation money for the general digital art school that goes out to all and sundry. 2021, we'll have a full semesters programmed. Um, we'll be aiming for really big numbers in terms of interactions. And also, if we do have this start-stop, you know, situation where we're in units and then we have to stop again, this is the way that we'll maintain relationships. This is the way we won't lose momentum. So it's twofold, really. Um, and and we're really proud of it. And we're really kind of running with it now. So, yeah, it had a huge, huge impact on our organisation and, and hopefully the people that we work with. I mean, it's inspirational. I mean, it, what would you say to Neve of 18 months ago, you know, who was like, oh, yeah, there's that digital thing. I'm kind of intrigued by that, but I'm not really sure what to do. What would you say to her now? Probably, you know, the usual fear, the, feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> the old Susan Jeffer. You can't go wrong with the Susan Jeffer quote. But, you know, for people who are listening and kind of think, I just want to kind of take a step or, or start it sometimes can feel quite scary, quite overwhelming. Um, there's a, there is a lot of kind of anxiety, what if feeling. Some people haven't felt as bold and ambitious as you perhaps kind of turn things around and jump in. There's almost been for a, a, quite a few people a sense of holding their breath. Like, I'm not quite sure what to do. I'm not quite sure where to go. So like, what advice would you have to them? I guess at Hospital Rooms, we've always been quite, not happy to, but open to failing. <laughs> and I think the one thing that we've learned is that you don't get anywhere until you try something. And that acceptance that actually the first time is not going to be perfect. You know, we learned that with editing. We learned that with social media campaigns. We learned that with all the different aspects of these digital bits is the kind of figuring out and the trying bits and the testing and the trialing. And unfortunately, I can't see any other way of doing it. You know, you just try and, and be open to getting it a bit wrong, but then change it a bit and then try something else. That's not very kind of full of wisdom, but you know, it's the, it I, I mean, it's, uh, that, that, it is. that's the reality for us. And, and you know, I, I really do think that you get a lot back 
you know, I, I rewatched the films for this and, you know, it is amazing to hear those stories. And it's easy to take that for granted. And actually, probably when you're in it, in your own organization, you're day to day, you're going for it. And it's possible to miss some of these things and, and not realize no one else really knows about it. And you, you have to shout about it. You have to find a way of actually telling people this is what you're doing. And, and obviously, it's a creative medium too. So there's that element that if, you, if you're already in that, realm if you're already working in arts and culture you have so many of the skills that you need anyway and you're likely to enjoy it because you're putting together you're building something you're making something it's visual it's sound storytelling you know it's all the things that we love I guess that would that would just be my thought is just to just try and and each time, each iteration, it's better. It's the same thing that we're doing with the art school. Every every series we've done, we've looked at our analytics, you know, all of those things. And each time we get a bit better. That's it, really. Brilliant. It, you know what? Just get started. My ethos is always just get started, perfect it later. I'm sometimes feel guilty that I don't listen to my own advice. But I think that, you, you know, what an exciting project and... Fiona, could we have a better case study of the impact that digital could have in a global crisis on a relatively small, hands-on arts company? No, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I'm so delighted that it's kind of gone on and grown in such a in such a kind of significant way. And, you know, that that is the benefit. You know, there are many things you learn through the things that you would do differently next time. But nevertheless, the point is, this is a changing landscape. User behaviours, the people going online to look for this kind of content, that's changed hugely in these nine months. So so this is this is a conversation. You don't have to get it all right first time but you have to sort of say I'm, re- I'm here and I'm ready to start having this conversation in this way to, with with the kind of world that's kind of looking online so so for me no it's it's brilliant and I think you guys have just seized it with both hands and it's fantastic to hear brilliant well Neve, thank you so much for your time um we will share links on our episode description if you want to go and have a look uh, at some of the artwork if you want to go and watch some of the films um, highly recommend it thanks so much Neve. thank you so much for having me and if you would like to find out more resources about what kind of support the space can offer perhaps the latest commissioning rounds that are out um, or any kind of skills you know we'll share a link on the digital rights toolkit that's a pretty handy one um, which is really helpful and just kind of giving you an idea of things to think about whether it be a film series that you want to create uh, whether it be music performance something interactive all those things that you know you might not know now but you will and hopefully be embracing just as Neve and Hospital Rooms have. Um, The website is thespace.org and uh, we'll be back with another episode where we're talking to a musician and more inspirational case studies of proving what is possible in the arts and culture sector even when there's a global crisis. Who'd have thought it? Thanks for listening. 